Listen, there's a great work to be done. As soon as you win this court battle, you must deliver this message. Take advantage of this opportunity and declare a powerful message to this world. He expects more of us. He believes we can do more. Who's going to stop Christ? Who's going to stop Christ from getting this work done? This is Behind the Work. Welcome to Behind the Work. I'm Grant Turgeon. We're broadcasting to you live today from the Herbert W. Armstrong College campus here in Edmond, Oklahoma. By now, all Philadelphia Church of God members around the world probably know that Pastor General Gerald Flurry will be getting remarried on November 16th. That's two weeks from today. And this is something that I've known about for two weeks now. Uh, it was announced this past Sabbath here in our Edmond congregation to the surprise and the joy and the shock of everybody. It was really hard for me to keep that quiet for the five days that I knew about it in advance. Um, Just really pretty much probably the most combination of (laughs) joyful and surprising news that I've ever heard in my life. And it really is a good thing. I can say that uh, just from the experience of working closely with Mr. Flurry for many years now. Uh, He is my mother's father, so my grandfather. And I've seen how his whole life for the last 16 years of being single has been completely devoted to doing God's work. But at the same time, it is challenging to be single and to not have that help at home. Genesis 2 verse 18 actually talks about that. It says, And the eternal God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a help meet for him. And this is a verse that is I believe quoted at every PCG wedding ceremony. Now, of course, plenty of people don't end up getting married and there can be some really good things done by single people too in God's work. We even have a booklet, Single Minded for God, available at thetrumpet.com for free. But what it's saying there is that ideally... If possible, if the opportunity arises, marriage is the best way to live life. There really can be no greater blessing than a happy marriage and a prosperous family, all done God's way. In terms of physical blessings, it doesn't get any better than that. And so rather than being alone, If we can, and we can do it right, marriage is certainly the preference. It says that at the beginning of the Bible, Genesis 2, like I just read, but also there is really just a beautiful passage in Ephesians chapter 5 that talks all about this too. Ephesians 5 Starting in verse 21, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So 
this shows us that all of us have the chance to submit. All of us must be obeying somebody, if not multiple somebodies. There is a government structure in everything God does, whether it's in the work, in the church, in our family lives. Everyone is submitting to someone, whether we're submitting to God or to Christ or to a boss or to a supervisor or to a certain role within the home. Everyone's doing it. And there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, there's so much joy and beauty and symbolism in proper submission. But then it gets into the specifics of family life in verse 22, Ephesians 5, verse 22. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. And then verse 23, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church and he is the savior of the body. So we, we know obviously today it can be seen as pretty controversial for a wife to submit to her husband, for the husband to be the leader in a marriage. But this concept does come directly out of the Bible. And not only that, but it's, it's got a lovely, inspiring spiritual parallel where the husband can be a type of Jesus Christ within his home. And then the wife can be a type of God's beloved one true church. Christ is the head of the church and he does do all he can to show us how much he love, loves us. He leads us the right way. He gives us direction. He gives us loving, tactful correction, whatever it takes to improve our character and to get real results. Then verse 24 says, Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. So that's the first part of a beautiful godly marriage where the wives have this role of being a help, a help meant to improve the lives of their husbands. And then the husbands have a different role. And in some ways, this one might even be harder than the wife's role of submission. Notice this, Ephesians 5, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. This isn't just talking about telling your wife you love her. It says how Christ gave himself for the church and ultimately for the whole world, of course. His sacrifice, him paying the death penalty for us, is the only reason we have hope beyond this life. That's the type of love a husband must show for his wife. And I think we all know <laughs> 
how difficult it is to be that unselfish and to be that loving, to really put her ahead of yourself in everything. So this is not some sort of a backward relationship where the wife is nothing but a glorified servant. They have these perfectly complementary roles. It's about submission on the wife's side and love on the husband's side. And both are pretty challenging to fulfill properly. These are character-building family roles. And they really do, like I said, have so much symbolism and deeper meaning. Remember, everyone submits. It's not just a wife. Everyone in life submits to somebody else, whether it is in that marriage relationship or outside of it, in a church, in a community. We're not all the president of the United States, for example. We do come under government. We must obey certain laws. We all submit. And really there should be no problem with that. And likewise, there should be no problem with this concept of a wife submitting in marriage. Just like a husband is meant to love in marriage. He's meant to love the wife, put her needs ahead of his own, give up whatever he might desire for the sake of fulfilling her for the sake of helping her grow and her draw closer to God. And ultimately that is the higher loyalty in a marriage where the husband and the wife have these complementary roles. They do so much to try to help and improve each other and support each other. But ultimately they look to God first. And that's what really makes a marriage work. Here, Ephesians 5, verse 28, it says, So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loves his wife loves himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, even as the Lord the church for we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. So there's this parallel again, where Christ is the head of the church, and the church is his body. In a marriage, a husband is the head, and the wife is like the body. And we know in our own, in our own individual lives, we think about how we are going to support and care for our physical bodies, take care of the needs of our own physical bodies. The head of our own body doesn't neglect the body. We don't ignore hunger, for example. We're going to eat at some point because our head is mindful of that bodily desire. So that's really what it's like in a marriage where you're the same person. You're one person with each part having a different function. And that's what really makes it work outside of obviously putting God first, both the husband and the wife. But beyond that, 
just working together as if you're the same person. That's what makes really any group work well, any great sports team. A dance troupe like you may have seen in the PCG production Celtic Throne recently. Anytime the group is moving as one unit, totally coordinated, totally functioning together, every operation within it complementing the overall purpose, that's what makes a team or a group great. You know, a community with, a, with certain specified roles for each of the citizens and people doing their part to strengthen their communities by, by keeping the law, by volunteering or whatever it might be. People essentially loving each other as they would love themselves, caring for each other as they would care for themselves. And that's what it's talking about here with men loving their wives as their own bodies. It's as if we are literally of the same body as our wives. And we do take that kind of special consideration for their feelings, their needs, their wants, their hopes and dreams. Women, some, much of the time, just want to know that they're being heard. They just want someone to listen. And again, men have to be unselfish in that relationship. Take the time to listen. Take the time to consider input before making the final decision. And oftentimes, we can make a decision that fits their input. That basically goes with their advice. So this is just a beautiful thing. A marriage is a beautiful thing. And it really is special that the PCG Pastor General is getting married in two weeks. He has lived a really focused life, a minimalist type of life. But really our potential from just being single to when we can get married, it does increase. Our potential does really skyrocket in a lot of ways. And so I just think about what this could do for God's work as we follow the lead of a man as he follows Christ. And there have been several ministers getting married, remarried this year, or who already have. It is a huge help, and it does make life so much better. I could speak from experience in that regard, from, from the time I graduated to the time that I got married. <laughs> totally night and day difference to the life I get to live now. And I do mean that the single part of my life was the night part. <laughs> and the married part is like the day. That is how much better life is now than it was when I was a single. So that's something we can all rejoice over anytime there's a marriage, but especially 
in a situation like this where we know it's going to have such a direct impact on, on God's work. That companionship, that support, that love, that care, it really will strengthen the work, push the work forward for this final surge, this final transition phase of God's work. What better gift could God possibly give his pastor general than that? Here in verse 32, it's talking about these marital roles. It says, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. So yes, it is really important that we fulfill our roles in physical marriage, just like Ephesians 5 is talking about there. If we want happy physical marriages, we should apply what this passage says. But ultimately, it's all about a spiritual marriage. It's not just for the good of people in God's church. It's for the good of the entire world, for the entire population. Not just those alive today, but everyone who has ever lived and died over the past 6,000 years or so. Because they'll be the children of that spiritual marriage. They'll have a chance to know God. They'll know the way to peace and joy and contentment and abundance. They'll be blessed by God once they're taught how to obey and they actually follow through on that. In his booklet, Why Marriage Soon Obsolete, the late educator and theologian Herbert W. Armstrong wrote, Man's stupendous potential is to enter divine family life. Man's super colossal reason for being is to be married to Christ. Marriage is of God. And then a little farther down here it says, Marriage was given mankind to prepare us for eternal life in the God family. Two of the Ten Commandments of God's basic spiritual law directly and specifically protect the sacred marriage state. There can be no more wonderful physical blessing in this mortal human life than a happy marriage based on true love, honor, integrity, and faithfulness, especially when there are growing children to love, care for, teach, and rear in the nurture and admonition of the Lord Jesus Christ. Marriage soon to become obsolete? Never. And that's absolutely true. No matter how much marriage is under attack in society today, it will never fade away because of that spiritual connection. That marriage that will benefit every human being ever throughout history. Now this is something I've been thinking a lot about I've been waking up in the middle of the night just excited about this marriage announcement and this this marriage that is actually happening two weeks from today. So I just wanted to share my thoughts on that a little bit, share how I thought it would really help God's work and how there really is so much depth and beauty to this astounding, surprising, exciting announcement. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Behind the Work. You've been listening to Behind the Work, 
Email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for a new episode each Monday at 1130 a.m. Central Time 